Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host, Dana, or the DHKs I'm known, and we watched two things this week. We watched the new animated series on Disney+. Plus. It's from Marvel, and it's called What If? And it explores what would happen if events in the Marvel Cinematic Universe played out differently. We also watched a film called CODA, which stands for Children of Deaf Adults, and that's on Apple TV+. Plus. Major spoiler alerts for both of those things. And then be sure to stay tuned after our main discussion, as there are a couple of follow-up points. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? All right, we watched What If, and not only did we watch What If, we tried to watch What If together, and tried is being generous. Jackie and I fell asleep. We did, yes. Yes. I, I blame To be the- fair, we had bottomless mimosas at brunch that turned into a lot more bottles of rosé, and then, you know. Yeah, it just nap- it escalated. Naps happened at that naps point. Naps happened, yes. But independent of that, we all then watched it. We sort of had this discussion already, but I think we have to we have to put it down officially. What did you What did you think? So I was gonna say I had seen it, and then I, this is my second go right. watching with you two. Yeah. Jackie, I think it was your first attempt. It was my first attempt, yeah. And then Dana and I had yeah, seen it before. Really matter, yeah. Okay, and then you were watching again in this new. So it's interesting. My main takeaway from it is the title being "What If." It's my title for it is "Why Though." <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I feel that way. It's yeah. like I, I have thoughts we'll get into that I that it could pleasantly surprise me if it were to do certain things that I do not think it's going to because it would go against what the point of the comic is also, mm-hmm. which through the years I've failed to see. So I don't know. I just part of it's hard because for me, I like the first Captain America totally fine. It's not one of my favorites, but it's fine. Like I don't have problems with it. I just don't, you know, live for it and mm-hmm. die for it. But I think also part of the reason why I'm also unpopular for not liking Endgame as much as a lot of people seemed to at the time, I'm so tired of reliving these movies, (laughs) these stories. Like, I I love some of them, but I'm so ready just to move on. And I know this is a new take on something, but watching through this whole episode being the same story as Captain America, the first movie, and of course, it's changed, of course, and things are happening differently because of certain circumstances, but it's still the same villain arc everything that's happening which i totally get and i get what they're doing there but it's just something that like i'm not entertained by it well not only that it this is this one in particular this one was a very odd one to lead with i feel like yeah. it's it's very shot for shot almost as well right and then there's yeah, a couple things a they added in but jackie what were how did you feel about it yeah i mean i didn't love the animation style oh the so bad so bad really, the lip sync was so off for me that it was very hard to concentrate and then I was just bored. You know what I mean? Like, I like seeing her in the outfit, I guess. But I don't particularly, like, Matt, the first Captain America is not a favorite of mine. I haven't seen it in a number of years. And I remember why. I just, I don't care about the plot of that one, I guess. And so, for me, this, I I wanted to see, I like Agent Carter um, as a character. So, I guess seeing her super is sort of cool, but I don't know. I, yeah. I didn't even, I had trouble paying attention the second time I watched it, and I was definitely not drunk at that point. <laughs> yeah. So I, full disclosure, I saw the first three, and I cannot talk about the other two yet, in detail at least, but this was the an odd one to lead with, as far as I was concerned. Like, I, I get sort of why they're doing it, and this is something I, I don't have anything to corroborate, but I, I guess it's supposed to, like, they're all related to each other, aside from being... I thought it was more like of an anthology, you know, of like, oh, what if this had happened instead? What if this had happened instead? But maybe what it's piecing together to be is we're they're built, you know, they're building to their own sort of endgame level 
climax within the shows. But it, I maybe, and maybe I just not, was not paying enough attention when I watched the first three. But like, it, I just wasn't getting that from it yet. Interesting, you say that. Sorry, but maybe that's why they started with Captain America, right? It's because like, oh, yeah, gotta have you know. Well, that's that was my thought because I that was what I was going to say is that I I don't think they're going to be doing that. But if you've heard that they maybe are, then maybe like, okay, then maybe it gives some hope because I had while watching, I thought. By the end of it, which I have problems with things, but by the end of it, when she comes back from killing this Hydra beast or pushing it back or whatever she did in there, mm-hmm. and she's gone for 70 years or whatever, and you see Nick there and you see Clint there, immediately it went in my mind about like, oh, okay, so in this version, I'm more interested in, okay, well, who started S.H.I.E.L.D.? And mm-hmm. is now Howard Stark kind of like one of the early Avengers because he had, he got the Tesseract. Right. earlier and he made the iron suit and now steve rogers steve rogers i think was small and sick sickly as well right so i'm like i don't know how long he lived or if they found some other way i don't know yeah. were any other super soldiers ever a thing like all these questions i have that i think are more if they were building out a bigger universe like this is one of the universes in this multiverse mm-hmm. and all of these characters that we're going to be meeting are in that multiverse and there's a chance that they could end up appearing in the larger MCU stuff, that makes it more interesting to me, if that's the case. Um, but if they're all separate and their own universes, I'm not interested. <laughs> like, I'll watch it, but I'm not interested. Right. There's no stakes for me. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. Yeah, no, I, I think that makes sense. It's it's just sort of... Just like Matt was saying, I just don't get why, if we're not going to... I don't know. I mean, I guess I've never really, like, as... For example... I really love the King Killer Chronicles, the book um, by Patrick Rothfuss, and he's never mm-hmm. going to finish them, apparently. No, he's not. But yeah. instead of finishing the third one, he decided to write the second story from a minor character's point of view. Oh, right. And yeah. I could not get into it to save my life because I I get that it's like a weird writing exercise that you want to do and that I should be vaguely interested because you do get some uh, information that is different, right? Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I just don't understand why you have to publish your writing exercises. And this is sort of the same thing to me where it's like, it's an interesting exercise to go through like as a creative team to see what would happen and like all that stuff. But like, I don't know why we have to watch it. I mean, ironically to me, it feels Not, more I like- mean, we don't have to do anything. That's true. But It feels more like a weird cash grab of sorts to me than a, a writing exercise but I you know maybe it'll it'll change but I think the other thing that I really struggled with with the show and this is more to do with like the logistics of the show and we've already talked a little bit about the animation style which I found truly horrifying it, the visually it's fine but when it starts to move I was just like no no thank you having some of the original voices return and some of them be voiced by new people but not in an intentional way it's just like oh we couldn't get Chris Evans right we couldn't get whatever so I spent half the episodes distracted being like, oh, is that the original? You know, is that is that Samuel L. Jackson? Is that whoever? Is that Tom Hilton? And then looking it up, which means I'm distracted from the show, which means like I'm not, you know, the show is not engaging enough for me yeah. to be like, paying that, att- attention. That shouldn't be what you're focusing on while watching, but it just is. And yeah. it's like, right. you know, and I, my understanding of what if in comics world is that it was like, just the, I don't know if this is right or not, but just like this exercise, kind of an exercise, but a thing where writers could flex their muscles and try their stab at writing a story that's like in the same universe they write in, but different and like whatever. And it was kind of just like a, 
and it could be fun. And like I have read some what if comics. I've never really cared about them because of said reasons. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of thing where I'm like, well, none of this matters. I there is one that I did enjoy that I have from forever ago that shocking nobody probably is a Daredevil one. But <laughs> it goes into this whole what if Karen Page had lived. And in the comics, it's a very pivotal moment for him when Karen Page dies at the hands of Bullseye. And uh, Matt's not able to stop that, right? Mm-hmm. It's a very character-defining moment for him in a lot of ways. Frank Miller's run, you know, it's like people cite that as like a shift in that comic. And it's interesting sometimes, I feel like, to read a story like that where when you're reading, well, what if she had lived? And you're reading this comic, it's almost kind of like you're reading about a fantasy that Matt is living about wishing she was alive, mm-hmm. like wishing he could have saved her. So it feels a little more canonical in the way where it's like you're getting a glimpse inside his head and his thought process as he's grieving the loss oh. of this woman he couldn't save, who also was not good for him. But it worked for me in that way. Most of them don't. <laughs> right. Where it's, I, this is like I said, I was spending time being like, I don't care as much about watching Peggy Carter do all the things that Steve was doing and then some others in this film. If you're going to say, what if she was actually our version of Captain America and she's Captain Carter? What if she's the one? Again, I'm more interested in the butterfly effects of that rather than just this as a one-off. So if it is leading to a bigger intertwined story where every every character we're going to get is in that same universe of Peggy Carter having become Captain Carter, mm-hmm. and there's this whole new version of what the Avengers are and stuff that is, a, a, again, a, a canonical uh, universe within the multiverse, it, I can find intrigue there. But if they're true to what the comics were doing, as far as I know, they will be episodic and have nothing to do with one another. Then it's like, I just I can't get invested. The, the way that they set up her becoming Captain Carter was disappointing to me because mm-hmm. it's just like an accident and she just steps into the thing, you know, because someone needs to. Right. And everyone else is sort of scrambling. Whereas like it's a more interesting character study if she's been fighting to be the one who gets to do it Mm -hmm. right rather than just this like mistake and then they have to deal with it because she you know there was an accident and she had to go do it you know what I mean right and so for me that was just kind of like disappointing because it's like all right so I I think part of the problem with that is that you want a different show with a with a with a different character because Peggy Carter in that time, if for her to have been fighting for that, would have been a different version of Peggy Carter that we were even seeing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's why the what if model and the way it is is like something that you're going to bump on, like in that because, and I totally get that because it's just like, okay, now we're just watching the same exact characterizations, and then something different happens that leads to this. But it's like, why does that make it more interesting? Yeah. And so what I want is like, <laughs> you know, you know me, I love a character study. So for me, it's like I'd rather just explore different parts of their 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 person right you know because i agent carter in the tv series was brave and willing and wanting to be a part of everything you know and it's like i get that at that point she wasn't but i don't know i just think it's more interesting if we do i I think she was i just think she didn't have desire to be a super soldier yeah she was but she was she was still a commander in the military and all these things and she was the same character that we see in agent carter but she was just wasn't pining to be a super soldier you right. know what i mean like so that would be a different and I get like, it. oh now we need a peggy who wants it you know but i want someone who wants you know i get yeah it. it's yeah. more interesting that way because it's honestly just... they made us sit through most of the same circumstances and then also 
they tried to mirror everything. Like I bumped so hard on this Hydra Beast situation and her pushing it back into hell or whatever she was mm-hmm, saying. Mm-hmm. And then just being gone for 70 years and coming back. I, I know they brought her back, but I'm just saying like, it just, I was so just like, you just wanted to do this so that you could do the role reversal with this, with the line of like, you owe me a dance. I know Saturday night and like have yep. hoping for emotions. And I was like, why don't you make the story actually different instead of just role reversals? Right. It just would have been so much more interesting because that's what I thought they were going to do. I thought we were just going to get sort of very different things because, you know, suddenly a Mm -hmm. woman is the super soldier. So maybe she doesn't get to do the same things or maybe, you know what I mean? Or maybe she has to fight harder for it or maybe, I don't know. Right. Well, she's British. She's not American. She's had a totally different upbringing. All these things like that I thought. You have an opportunity to take this in a direction. Yeah, there are so many different different. variants and variables. And then it was just like a rehash of something we've seen already, which is a different person wearing the suit, which is not as interesting as anything else we just talked about. I like the detail of her when she steps in. She's a super soldier and coming out and that of her not having a big learning curve with it and kind of Mm -hmm. being like Mm -hmm. just kicking ass right away because she is trained. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like Steve was very minimally. I mean, he was going to the military, but he was failing. Like, it's yeah. like, so he, <laughs> he was. He, he wasn't in the military, or he was barely in the military, right? Like he well, goes yeah, to, like, he, very, very basic. But that's what I mean. Is he was training, but he wasn't like a trained fighter. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, I don't want to say he had no experience with any of it. I just mean he was like, you know, he was trying, but it was so that first sequence of him as full on buff Steve, he's like stumbling through the streets and falling through windows and stuff trying to like oh my god like i've never moved like this before but i like that she kind of jumps into action and knows what to do because she is that person i appreciated that detail oh i feel okay so that's that's an interesting interpretation because i felt like and i think this is something that i noticed because i did re recently try to rewatch captain america the, the first one i felt like that was more having to do with him having a new body right versus yeah. And then, and oh, then I kept, not. well, and then I kept being like, why does he know how to fight? He wouldn't, have, he doesn't know how to fight. Like, not only does he not know how to fight, he's doing combat that like you aren't trained in the U.S. military. You know, this is not, and maybe they just don't show, you know, those moments, but, yeah. but it is one of the things. And I, I to, to the point at hand, like, yes, it makes sense that Peggy can leap into action quick, even, even quicker because she's not only, you know, yes, she's in an, like an enhanced body now, but she's still a soldier. You know, they've exactly. shown that and she has trained. competency here. Yeah. Yeah, she knows what to do. And I will say that the, the thing I bump the hardest on in the whole thing, and I'm sure a lot of people don't care about this, but in the circumstances, going back to her becoming Captain Carter, I like a butterfly effect thing. I even like that shitty movie, 2003 Butterfly Effect. <laughs> like, I can, I like these, this idea of, one action can, you know, lead to so many different, you know, the ripples are different and whatever. I, I like that enough, but like, it doesn't have to be a significant thing. You know, that's why I like, it's like, okay, it's just one little change. And I like the watcher who I did really like Jeffy Wright as the watcher, by the way, but I like the watcher calling out, Oh, this is the moment. It was her choosing to stay down here instead of going in the viewing room. Mm-hmm. Right. But what I really bump hardcore on is if I'm remembering the original film correctly, and I believe I am because I, I, like the guy's up there with her, leaves his bomb up in the viewing area, and then sets it off after and steals the serum, the, the other serum vials. After, after uh, Steve becomes Captain America, he saw that it worked, and then he causes a distraction, goes down there, yes. and steal, tries to steal it, and then they chase him down, right? I believe so, yes. Like that's, that's the sequence of events that I recall. Then suddenly we're in here, and now no one goes in the viewing room, so I get that the guy's down there. But... She jumps in, sees him about to ignite it, and he's trying to stop it from happening. Whereas 
in the original, he wanted to see the Hydra wanted to know that it worked mm-hmm. and then they wanted it. <laughs> so they wanted it to successfully happen and then go take it. And that's what he did. It was a distraction to go take it after he saw it worked. This one, the guy wanted to foil it from happening. And so it was this thing where I was like, so you went and changed his intentions entirely. And I oh, realized no. that's not something everyone's going to bump on, but I was just very minor compared to, but I, I get it. It's, but why would he change his desire? Why is he a different person, but everyone else is the same person? Right. That doesn't make yeah. Sense. To your, your point of, if we are going to mirror the situations up until this point, yeah. you know, he's smarter does, about it. it like change the, yeah. 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 Like why would he, why did he suddenly want to stop it from happening altogether? It just, it just was different for me. So I was just like, okay. I didn't like that, and I wish that they had done that in a way that was more seamless for me. Although, I mean, but, not to, but it could could it have been like we might be reading too deep into this? Is in just that he was given, uh, if you are able to do this, make it happen. But if not, shut it down. Don't let anybody sure. have it. Could, we can't yeah. take the risk. Right, that could be valid for sure. It, Don't let it happen at all. Versus, you know, but yeah, I just I remember right, I thought it right when I was watching it, and I was kind of like that feels very different to me. I don't like it. But I haven't actually looked into it more than that. But <laughs> I'm going to be very interested to see what the two of you think of an upcoming episode. I would say, especially given your not dislike, but not you're not you're not Guardians people. Mm. So I'm I'm very very intrigued. Tonally, there is another one that's coming up that you know it'll it'll be interesting because not only are you having to deal with this whole like why. Also, I'm just having this flashback of just remembering when they announced what if because I I want to say it was the Comic Con when it was. It was D23. It was D23. Was it D23? Yeah, we were at D23. Okay. And they showed a lot of this episode, actually. Well. Oh, did they? Sort of. Yeah. Well, like, they had, like, a big trailer, and it was a lot. They had a big trailer, and this was, like, a decent chunk of it. Was this. Like, her action shots. Yeah. I feel like whatever they did, because I don't, I don't think I was there for that one. I mean, I haven't been to Comic-Con in years, so it was not Comic-Con, I can tell you. That. But it might, it might have been at Comic-Con, too, though. Yeah, yeah. So so whatever they did say at Comic-Con when they did, I just remember, I think it was around the time we were either building to or had just announced Endgame or, you know, something along those lines. And so mm-hmm. you have this massive cast, and this was their way of being like, hey, we still have them all here. We still, they will be involved, whatever the results of their fates are in this, you know, we won't let them go, like, stay with us. This is why I say it feels like a cash grab. And then now having seen it, I'm just like, yeah, you're not doing that much innovative yet, yet. Uh, you know, we yeah. could yeah. very well see this could become our favorite of the shows. To be fair, I have not read the comics. So maybe they're being very, I don't know, true to them. Faithful to the. Oh, yeah. And, I, and that's the thing is, I don't actually know if these episodes are based on actual comics or it's just more the what. Because the what yeah, if I have no idea. lasted forever. Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if some of them are, are based a lot on. Things that have been written, but it might just be more a conceptual thing. But who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, and so, yeah, not that's the thing too. But it, I will say, yeah, I remember when I heard about this. I remember it was after Endgame. Okay. Because I remember, not that it really matters. I just to say, I remember talking about the cash grab things. I agree with you. I remember even thinking then because we knew that Tony Stark was dead. And I remember thinking, oh, this is how you're going to keep Robert Downey Jr. Yes, you are right. <laughs> this, this, yeah, like, yeah. Like, this is how he's going to still have a job, <laughs> which I don't yeah. know if he is in it or not. I don't remember. But I just I just remember thinking that and thinking like, OK, after he's dead, he'll be back. <laughs> yeah. And so it felt even more underwhelming for me after having experienced Endgame, too, where it was just kind of like, OK, this is it. I especially now after Widow coming out, it's like I cannot emphasize. And this is what I bumped on with some Loki stuff, too. I cannot emphasize how much I am ready to close the book, close the chapter of these early phases of Marvel. Yes. I will go back and watch the ones I love and whatever. And I, I like what they, I love what they did. 
but the continued revisitation of these stories, I'm just like, okay, these are good stories, but they're not that good. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not so good that we need to keep on rehashing these. It's so funny, because earlier, Jackie, when you were saying for Name of the Wind and stuff like that, I was like, yeah, there's another series that's really popular, and I cannot remember what it is, but it's the author just, like, read Twilight. It, not just Twilight. It's isn't it like Fifty Shades of Grey also, which is so funny because it's that is fan fiction for. Oh yeah, I don't remember, oh, did she? but I but, know. Oh yeah, she did too, right? She, yeah, um, she writes it from like the dude's perspective, but it's the exact same plot. Yeah, point. Twi- yeah, because Twilight just released it not that long ago, right? The one from Edward's perspective, or was it, or is it Fifty Shades that did it? I don't remember, um, but like I think I feel like both of them. You know, Fifty Shades did his point of view at some point, but I don't know if Twilight. But either way, it was just, wow, we're really just, you are really just milking this for all it's worth because you you don't want to come up with something new or like you think people are afraid of. That's what this feels like a little bit. Yeah, I agree. No, it, it um, does. It It's very much, and in a world where people already feel somewhat oversaturated by superhero stuff and Marvel stuff, it just feels, again, why though? Like, I just don't know. All right. yeah. yeah, it just feels like an exercise, cash grab, you know, Kind yeah. of those things that's just like, we don't have any new content for you. So we're going to rehash some old stuff just to keep you busy. Yeah, it's something that I wasn't looking forward to. Right. I wasn't like, oh, my God, I, I don't want to watch that. But I have not been counting on the days. I haven't been caring. But I was I had a little glimmer of a hope that maybe it would just really pleasantly surprise in a way that was like, wow, that was just so much fun. I'm glad they did it. But mm-hmm. I, I don't feel glad they did it. I just feel like, oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it feels like homework. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch it because it's not like I have an excuse like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where it's a lot of content that I don't care about. This is like, oh, there's, I don't know how many episodes there are, but so far, it's not like we're having like a 24-episode season where it's like going to be a task to watch. It's going to yeah. okay, but it is a task still. I have no reason that I can't get through it, but I'm like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we started on a high with the, the Disney Plus series, and then we are just going in a downward downward direction yeah. very quickly like this has not like been that Hawk, long that's how hawkeye will pull us back up we don't know yeah. we hope so. we, we can hope we can hope i, I feel hopes because of sidecasts mostly I, yeah that's my thing i was like i'm just so i'm i'm not interested at all in jeremy renner hawkeye yeah etc i'm not either but i'm very interested in Haley. i'm very interested in echo appearing i'm very interested in yelena so like i'm interested in in uh things that are happening in the peripherals of, of clip Barton. Yeah. <laughs> so i'm hopeful i'm hopeful yeah. Agreed. And if it really is, I mean, the problem is, is Renner's Hawkeye is nothing like what they're supposedly basing this on. So it's very confusing. and I don't know how we're going to get there, but I'm interested to see, I guess. He's just, he's problematic now, but not, I don't, I don't know if he is, but there's been enough accusations and nothing. Well, not nothing, but it's not as bad as like some other people, but it's still enough for me to be like, oh, we gave him a show. Yeah, so we, he's never he's never sat like totally well with me, and I don't have any sort of oh my god, I know he's a bad guy because this or that. I don't. He could be a great guy. I have no idea. But I have no idea either. I've never cared about his character at all, though either. Yeah, right. That's his own separate. Yeah. And I, I, and you know, I'm I'm not the widow stand of all of us, but I also think he does not exist without widow. Like that's just not in terms of on screen presence. You know, that's the well, most I, interesting thing about them. Yeah, and I will say this maybe has maybe if it's off record or what, but I remember when. There were, funny to say it now, with Scarlet in the news, but back when she was fighting to get equal pay to the guys mm-hmm. on there, there was a, I remember there being headlines about it for yeah. a while. And I remember, because she had, I guess she had found out that either he made almost exactly what they made, like, like the big players made, or he was very close and she was the, the lowest paid, of course. And I remember in her fight to, to get the equality there, 
Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, and like people had like uh, spoken out in support, and Jeremy Renner said absolutely nothing. And I just always remember that. And I just remember thinking like, "You're a scumbag." <laughs> but I, yeah. but I don't know. He could be, he could be the nicest of them all. I have no idea. But I, I just haven't ever gotten like a vibe that I've really liked from him. I this is a this is a sort of side story, but. At my first Silicon Valley Comic Con a couple of years ago, he was one of the biggest names there, and it was this very awkward format and just like just audience questions. And this has, I just remember this woman asking him a question, and and her essentially being like, "Thank you for your service. My son is in the military. You're an inspiration." Blah 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 blah. And it, but he was like, "Ma'am, you know I'm a like I'm playing a character. I'm an actor, right? Like you you know I'm not." actually like thank your son for his service but i'm not a, it, but that, that, i think that's it was just a very odd interaction yeah. in like the height of marvel mania <laughs> just like what's what's going on with this woman like is she not yeah is she not able to separate the fact that like he is truly just an actor yeah you know and even in that, even in that scenario having not been there though and maybe it's just that i lean toward more negativity with him than positivity but i think there was a, a way to, for him to address that without like you know I'm the character, right? Like, no, it's I, like, I, I, you know. I have to give credit that he was not, oh, okay. uh, he was Isn't, like, rude. as kind as he could have been about it, given okay. the okay, good. possible fact that this woman was not able to, like, he was trying to, like, get it yeah. out of, he's like, you do, you do know, yeah, yeah. but I, I'm, I, yeah, it was, it was just That's a very good, bizarre yeah. <laughs> situation. <is> bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We watched something else this week. We watched Coda on the Apple TV Plus. I have not seen this film since, January, I want to say, so I'm a little rusty on it. But oh, wow. what did what did you two think of it? I was like, I haven't seen it in like an hour. Yeah, yeah. not even thirty minutes. 30 <laughs> I was minutes. gonna say like, I, I think yeah. I feel like I finished it like twenty minutes before we started recording. Yeah, so, uh, still real fresh for me. Yeah, real fresh for me too. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. I had a good time. Enjoyed it. I had an interesting relationship with it. It's funny, like that's at the start, I I was focusing on the fact that I thought a lot of the writing was really bad. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I don't, I, I don't mean that to, to, to be rude, but I just, it just didn't seem, I was like, and a lot of the things that I think that they were writing in to come off is really funny and like, oh, look at this family's bond and blah, blah, and the way they, I, I didn't buy it at all. <laughs> but then like, there'd be moments, like it was like, I'd be, I'd be like, not really, I'd be like, oh, I'm annoyed. And then I would like something and then I'd, then we'd meet like the teacher character who like comes in and I didn't think he was that good of an actor to start anyway. And it was just this whole thing. And it's like this guy who, oh, here I am. And I'm so annoyed I have to be here. And I would never, I'm not a, someone who would ever be a teacher ever. Mm-hmm. But I'm here as your teacher. And I'm annoyed because you guys are annoying and blah, blah, blah. And when she runs out of the room because she's embarrassed to sing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to laugh along with you at her. Like, it's like, okay, this is just not real life. Yeah. Yeah. But then there'd be moments that would pull me back in. And then all of a sudden, like, Marley Matten's like, and honestly, Marley's character. Mm. The whole first half of the film, I thought she was so throwaway, and I was like, I just don't like her, like, whatever. And then the second she's having conversation with the girl on the bed about having wished that she would be deaf and this mm-hmm. and that and blah, 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 like, I start crying. And then later, and then I cried a few times, and I was like, oh, I like this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, like, it, it's very fair because, like, the criticism I have, the criticisms I have for it are a couple of things. A, it's a very trite sort of story in the sense mm-hmm. that we've all kind of seen it, you know. Of course, the angle of her family being deaf is the the thing that sort of takes it. You, if you take that away from the movie, you lose all the heart, right? But you also mm-hmm. have a story that we've seen a bazillion times and is not yeah. particularly interesting. Yeah, what I really liked about it was it was just showing deaf people 
being human and being able, you know, swearing at each other and like, yeah. Was that well written? No. Do we, do most people just assume that uh, <laughs> the people don't make jokes and you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of funny to think about it that way, but with my experiences, I feel like there's a lot that people just assume that they just spend their lives unhappy and sad or whatever, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of nice to see them sort of uh, doing that. What I didn't love is like the Disney kind of ending where suddenly the community just like accepts them and they're just, you know, he goes to the bar and everyone talking to him and they're, you know, the co-op is just like suddenly working and, and all this stuff without her. And it's like, well, that would take a lot of work, right? Yeah. And we didn't, they didn't earn that, right? Like you didn't see anyone in the town making an effort to learn sign language or mm-hmm. help out them in any way, right? Um, and I get that like part of that was we're supposed to just understand that the main character's burden is so intense, Ruby's. But I, I just wish that that felt more earned, right? And I do kind of wish that the film, it's so hard because I, I do understand that like there's so little representation that I'm obviously going to find something wrong. But I do feel like it would have been nice to sort of, beyond just exposing the ableism of what's going on and what's happening to them, showing that the community needed to take steps themselves also. So that, like, Mm -hmm. the burden isn't just on this deaf family to, like, communicate and, like, whatever with everyone else. It would have been nice to just show that, like, the community needed to change also. Yeah. I mean, that's all very valid. My big takeaway slash remembrance of having watched this because it was a it was one of I think the top films that people were talking about at Sundance this year but Sundance this year was not spectacular and I think part of that is just so hugely impacted by COVID and like the number of films that I think a lot of films did not enter Sundance because I I think they didn't want to go to the virtual festival or whatever it may be so but everyone's like oh my god coda 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 and comparatively yes it is it's a fully formed film I think it's it's pretty decent like the acting is fine but it felt like watching two different movies. And by that, I mean, one, one, mo- one of those movies was just an episode of Glee, poorly executed, you know, because I feel like Eugenio Derbez's whole storyline, he's the music teacher. And just all the, those scenes felt like something I've seen on, you know, an hour long episode of television. And then you have the whole family dynamic storyline, which was, I think, more interesting, but also, and maybe this is like an economic privilege scenario uh, talking here, but I'm just like, what type of terrible parents are making their kid work all these hours and do all this stuff? And she's in high school. Like she needs to be going to school. She needs to be doing all these things independent of hearing or not hearing. Right. They're making her work on this boat. But, you know, I guess if that's like what how you make your living, I that's how you make your living. But, yeah, it just felt like watching two very different films that had been like smashed together and you know, like, here you go. Yeah, I mean, at the moments that they're like trying to dissuade her from wanting to go to college, I was like, oh, my God, like you guys are terrible people. But I understood the kind of idea of it being a little bit rooted in, I don't want to use the word of fear, but I guess like, you know, the apprehension about, oh God, but we do utilize you in so many ways yeah. to kind of, like Jackie was saying, yeah, like, she was the crutch, that right? doesn't adapt to us. We are the ones we're using, we're using you, but you know, you are our liaise so that we can exist here in a way that works for us somewhat. But I did like the line from the brother when he wanted her to go. I didn't like when he was like really mean to her, but I liked it at first when he wanted her he wanted her to go and he was saying like always talking about like, Oh yeah, you know, they're not gonna understand us, blah blah blah. But it's just like, well he's like, well or he's like, they can't understand what we're saying or whatever it is. Like we don't know how to work with them. He's like, Well, it's time they learn to work with us. 
Yeah. And he said something like that. And I thought that was poignant. That was the one moment where that I was like, oh, yes, thank you. Not that, because not every film has to be everything. The problem with like very little representation is it sort of feels like it. Right. I would have liked to see her parents understand the predicament they put her in better. Yes. Because I think that they would have been more aware of the pressures that they were putting on her for so many years to being the sole person who communicated to the outside world for them, right? And I think that they they did a good job of showing how much pressure that put on her, but they didn't do a very good job of showing that this family, who is supposedly very, very close, right, wouldn't have empathy for her position either, and that kind of, like, annoyed me. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's the, the root of where my frustrations with the parents were, and then there kept being all these other things, like discouraging her, to, discouraging her from going to college, but I'm, again, I'm trying to think about it in the framing of like yeah that that probably exists independent of the deaf community right I like I'm sure there are plenty of families that that actually happens and it's just so far from my own personal experience that I'm just like oh you're a terrible parent if you do this which is not a fair judgment necessarily to me I mean I can under I can understand for example there's tons of things that I want to do that I know you know being a wheelchair user that if I show up whoever you know the people working there may not be happy about it, right? Like when I want to go skydiving, for example, you know, showing up and just the the fear of the rejection, right? Of them not understanding you and not understanding that you're capable of things and, you know, whatever. And I think that, you know, they were clearly using her as a crutch. And so I get, like part of me empathizes with like how easy it was because they had a built-in translator, right? Mm-hmm. But I just wish that we had seen that struggle a little bit more with them. Right, right, right. And understanding, wanting to be good parents and wanting her to live and do things and not, yeah. But I just wanted to see that struggle more, I guess. It was a little confused about what it wanted to be. And I think, I think partly it gets tough when considering that, you know, obviously a film like this is going to be screened and obviously have different, get inputs and this and that from different parts of the deaf community. And it's very, it has to, you know, it's hard. Sound of Metal we watched. You're making a movie and it has to be, it's, it, it. It's got to appease different audiences in different ways. And I do think that sometimes within the deaf community, there can, I could be speaking out of turn, but it seems based on conversations we've had before and our experiences working with different people, that sometimes there is a little bit of apprehension when it comes to a negative portrayal of a deaf person. Right. You know what I mean? From that side of the community. And it was interesting to me because they, the parents were, this really was about the parents holding their child back maybe without realizing they were but also taking her for granted and using her this is what Mm -hmm. this was about yeah but it had to be delicate in a way where we want to make sure that that no one left thinking badly of the parents but it just yeah I I was looking for a conversation between mom and dad I actually really liked the scene when dad wanted her to you know daughter to sing for him and he was Mm -hmm, holding her throat like feeling her I thought that was really sweet I got emotional in that actually Mm -hmm. but I wanted a conversation after that with dad and mom being like what have, what have we done and ah. have either of you read or watched or both my sister's keeper yes I love so it. i'm a big fan i haven't big, seen big the movie but i really liked the book a lot yeah i love that book but the movie is one of my, i mean it'll make me sob but essentially just the story is that there's a, a girl who is is uh essentially was born out of stem cells so she is like a kind of a cloned Use like she's created in the lab essentially, okay. Uh, to have the same exact blood type and everything as her sister, and the sister is uh has leukemia and is is dying. And so, the younger daughter 
is constantly being used for transplants. Oh, like this that. is like, um, to a point God, where what is it called? Jody Picoult. Cameron Diaz. Yeah, Jody Picoult is the author. But No, I'm sorry. But what's the other movie that's similar to that where people are like clones built for Like never, never Let Me Go. Never Let Me Go. Yeah, okay. yes. like Never Let Me Go. Yeah. Okay. Similar idea, but essentially they're like, oh, we're going to make a perfect genetic match so that we can continuously take, you know, blood, cells, whatever they need. Yeah. And it gets to a point where they're going to have to take one of her kidneys. Uh-huh. And so essentially the girl, and she's a young teen, preteen, whatever, she seeks out. Uh, gets a lawyer and seeks out men- medical emancipation from her parents to say, you can't make me do this. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to do She's like, but anyway, the whole point is, I think it's a really powerful story. It's really well done. I think the movie and the book both are wonderful. And I think it's a thing where this was calling to that in a less, um, I don't want to say serious, but in a less like life or death way, I guess. Yeah. For me in a lot of ways, but not landing as hard as that one does. And it's a thing where that was like, that was about the parents realizing oh my god we are like using our child she is just a lab rat yeah. to save our other child and we're not making her feel loved and all these different things and it it called to those kind of themes for me and it was like in those ways I did appreciate it but I wanted it to kind of hit a little bit harder and I think that there's apprehension to kind of let it go where it could have gone yeah I felt like this wanted to be like a feel-good family movie yeah and not- yeah I mean with that Disney ending like you couldn't you know what I mean like the- okay so question about the Disney ending do you think it would have made more sense? Because I know I know why they did it in order to have that scene where like the dad wants her to sing and touches the throat and that type of thing. Would it not have made more sense for her to just sign while she sings? You know, if she knows and, her parents and she are there. Did, did she? She does it. She does in the she audition, did it audition later. I don't understand why she doesn't do it for the concert. But no, yeah, sorry, during the, during the concert. My thing was like, what? If you know they're there and you know you're happy that they're supporting you and all this stuff, make it, uh, which again doesn't necessarily speak to the whole totally. part of this story where she's supposed to be like gaining independence from them and it's not just about, you know. But I also think that she pings really high on embarrassment, right, too. And so I think in some ways the audition was her sort of accepting. Oh, like that. The, con- the concert. You know what I mean? Like, this yes. is just for me. I don't have to be that. Okay. That's a, that's right. A, that's, that's what I got from that. it was that, but, like, in the audition, the parents got together and said, No, you're going to this. They forced her, like, you know, because I know you want this. We're doing it. The family took her. And it was like this full freedom moment for her being like, I can be who I want around my family, too. And it's like right. they were there to support her at her concert, but it was like, Whereas, like, she's been kind of living like a dual life, right? Where she's like one person in front of hearing people and she's one person in front of her family. Okay. And then sort of, torn between the two and then I thought that the end was more like she was accepting sort of both parts of her life while being able yeah. to live the way she wants to. But to your point Dana, I agree with what Jackie's saying but I also, I think we can all say that it could have slapped harder that way. <laughs> like it yes. could have leaned into that more and I thought there's a really powerful story behind the idea that she was timid about her about singing and everything because she used to talk in a way that made her sound deaf and she got made fun of for it when she was younger. So she has a little mm. bit of a like thing complex about, about that, it, you know, yeah. like yeah. complex about it. And I thought that was really powerful and interesting because, you know, with certain things that I have worked on with different families, uh, deaf families, I've met a deaf family before who has a, a child who is hearing and they forbid the child to speak because it's, it would be disrespectful. So the kid doesn't think they're allowed to talk ever. Mm. And so they go to school and then have, so there are implications that can be put onto, like with any situation, onto our children or onto anyone that we're mentoring or anything that you might not think about, you know what I mean? Because you're just thinking about it one way, but then that can happen. And I thought that was really interesting because I loved, I did love the moment when the teacher who has a heavy accent 
called it an accent. And he's like, oh, you think you're the only one with a, with a funny accent that ever came and got made fun of for how they talked yeah. in America? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, God, I, I liked, I guess I kind of liked the idea that that's an accent. I had never thought of it. That well, way. and I also just like the idea of her realizing that, yes, she's different, but people are different in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And get, you know what I mean? And that your difference, while unique to you, doesn't mean that you don't have people who understand. Yeah. yeah. And I like that's why I liked when mom was like, she's like, yeah, I was so, so worried that me being deaf would mean I'd be a, a bad mom. And she's like, oh, don't worry, you're a bad mom for a lot of other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like joking, but I was like, true but yeah. <laughs> at that time i thought but they came around and yeah i i get the bump on the disney ending for sure but i i kind of felt like they could have dialed it back and still had enough of an impact where it could have been like showing a step of positivity like yes. we're gonna figure this out and found some other solution of like we that gives you the hope that oh they're gonna figure it out yeah like without like showing that they community it member out. like showing up with the correct sign for something yeah or you know what or i mean a community or member showing up and saying i want to i want to partner with you and and be your your yeah i want to be your hearing person i can learn this whatever you know just something something simple like that would have been really nice just because it wouldn't have felt so out of so left field unearned you know yeah Yeah. such a a pretty bow you know yeah it was just a little too pretty for me i was like but that being said i mean as it was ending i texted one of my friends and said have you seen coda yet you should watch it so i mean because i know she's gonna like it like it's like yeah i got emotional i you know i it hit the right beats i just think that we're basically all saying here they could have gone a little bit deeper and and just really fleshed it out just a little bit more so that it could be more powerful yeah 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 if you're gonna be unafraid to do all these other things like why not just truly be unafraid you know make them truly unlikable you know what i mean and just make them and then also but also show their struggle and show you know that part of it too i did like and appreciate that it was a they had a sex positive relationship and the it was amusing. Like that was a perfect teenage embarrassment that still made into the movie, right? Like the final cut of the Yeah, yeah, it yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. I agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, this is embarrassing. This is a this would have been a universally embarrassing experience for anyone. Yeah. Further complicated uh, yeah. by, you know. And we Someone don't see being there. Yeah, yeah, we don't always see people with differently abled having sex, right? They're not like sexualized yeah. creatures. And so it's you know, it's yeah, just it was like, it was yeah. It was cool to see the more sexualized beings in it, but it was like that moment, like, yeah, it was awkward, but then I, I had to just be like, oh my god, like when they're sitting there having the conversation, and the boys sitting there on the couch and they're talking about it and stuff. There's no world. Like the kid, yeah, you send the kid home. Like the kid leaves. Like it's but they're talking to yeah. this guy that she's whatever. And like I was like, I was rolling my eyes at that moment a lot. And then I will say, just in that whole teen romance glee storyline that was going on, I liked it well enough. I thought it was cute, but the part where obviously she's mad at him because he told a friend about that experience with the sex and then the school was making fun of her because the friend told everybody mm-hmm. that whole thing. I was like, okay, whatever. But she was mad at him and was avoiding him and all this, whatever. And then he eventually does the thing where he's like, I'm going to keep, I'm going to text you constantly, blah, blah, until you agree to go hang out with me again, blah, 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 whatever. No, that's predatory behavior. And, yeah. And she she does say, well, that's psychotic. I was like, Hey, I won't do that, but whatever. But he was like, Going after her, going after her. And it was this whole thing where I was like, are we still teaching girls that the guys who won't take no for an answer are, is like romantic and cute? Like, is yeah. that's what it gave to me? Yeah. And I was like, that, okay, do we always have to do that? Yeah. We're still doing it. We're still doing it. We're still 2021, doing it. we're still doing it. And, and he like, seemed like a really nice kid otherwise, but I was like, 
Yeah, they did that. Sure that is, fine, they didn't have to do like, that, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was just like an unnecessary sort of storyline for me. And since, like, I would have traded most of those moments for more family dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, realness. realness instead of this, like, kind of half baked romance, because of course you have to have a romance with the one other male character. Yeah, I did I, like that he choked in his audition. Didn't get into the school though. Yeah, that was. <laughs> or nice. at least didn't get the didn't get the um whatever scholarship. So at least that's not like oh now we're going to school together and happily yeah. ever after. Yeah, so yeah, that married. that was the one part of the that was a little less Disney, which was like okay, cool. Yeah, I I those moments right, the, like the boy texting all that stuff. That that is where it felt like a Glee episode, and not that you know I watched the first few seasons of Glee, like it was a fine show, but it it is sort of juvenile in the way it handles. And dated in the way it handles, you know, romance and all that stuff. Anyway, so that's that. Those were the moments where I was like, mm-hmm. well, and even the brother at the bar when he gets with the bartender, and like, I don't know how old the brother is supposed to be. I haven't even looked at how old the actor is, but you know, he was older than her yeah, high school. He, and he was like, no longer in high school. Goes, yeah, he's at a bar and he was drinking, and then he goes up. I think he was drinking anyway, so he's at least twenty-one, I assume. Yeah. But then he's like, goes up and he's talking to the bartender, and he's just like, "You're not even old enough to drink." Well, and she goes, "These guys can't count," and then they're having sex in the thing, and I'm like, "Well, how old is she?" Great. Maybe she's not 21. Maybe she's 20 and he's 22. I mean, just, you know, but I was just like, wait, right. Right. <laughs> like yep. that was romantic. Yep. And then now they're, they're banging in the employee room. And I was like, hmm. But I liked him and her fine. You know, she stuck around and she yeah, was, it was fine. Her. But it I, was but fine. I was just like, I hope you're at least like 20. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was problematic. It was just weird. I was like, why more context, please? Like what? Yeah. Like, why is that the, the line? And I was just like, you know? I don't know what state they're in, but it just felt like, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Somewhere on the coast, you know, East Coast. Right, but but I was just like, it was, it was Massachusetts, weird... I think. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't know. Drinking laws and weird. It, it, yeah, but it was an, unnes- yeah. an unnecessary complication to that, right? And I was like, what depth does this add to exactly. by making yeah. her be, you know, not. I was just thinking about, well, how old is she? Yeah. Rather than if he just said something else to come on to her, she looked of age. She looked yeah, to me I mean, like I'm she sure might have been twenty one. Was of age. It just well, I mean, she she definitely was at least eighteen. I would say, but like I just mean, she looked like she could have been working at a like, drinking age. Yeah, you know, whatever. And yeah. like so, like the the fact that you had to even add that in, it was just weird. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But I, I I think it's a film worth watching. And yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. I think I think you know for all intents and purposes, I do think for everything we're saying, it still does give you a slightly different view at a deaf family you know what i mean it, it wasn't exactly like other things i've seen uh, and i thought it was interesting that it was tackling issues of kind of like you know, we're saying like using her as a crutch and this and that and that kind of stuff um rather than just focusing on any sort of you know there's one point when they do mention and say it's a disability we kind of talked about that that that's something the community as a whole i think bumps on that term a lot mm-hmm. the, the deaf community and uh you know a lot of times things I've at least seen and had experience with focus a lot on here's knowledge about the deaf community and here's what not to do and say around around a deaf person, which is valuable. But then this was kind of a look at just like, here's a, a family who's just existing in our in this world mm-hmm. and here's how they do it. Yeah. And here's what's problematic about it and here's what's not and here's what should be fixed and here's, you know, so I thought that was an interesting thing to at least see something sort of different when the, totally. as far as the deafness is concerned. It wasn't perfect, of course, but yeah. like, yeah, I think that it's a good, you know, it's an interesting thing that we don't see a lot. So yeah, yeah. so I recommend. Yeah, I I would recommend it. I thought it was good. All right. Well, quieter week. <laughs> I suppose yeah. to our roller coaster of our last few weeks. <laughs> yeah, we needed <laughs> polar a break. opposites. We needed a break. <laughs> we needed a break. Yeah. Yes, yes, we did. 
right, we well, had done so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you both. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt. And now a couple of follow-up points. So in terms of whether or not What If takes place within one sort of strain or strand off of the sacred timeline in the multiverse, or whether or not each episode is an anthology, this info comes from What If executive producer Brad Winderbaum. It, he said this during a press conference, and Slash Film did the reporting on it. So he said some, I don't think they're conflicting, but they're not, they're not the most illuminating things. I think he's just trying to avoid spoilers. But he said, it's no coincidence that the show picks up right after Loki. The multiverse has erupted in every possible direction. What if gives us a chance to explore that? He also said each episode is essentially a separate universe. So you could see that moment when, to use Loki terminology, when the universe branches and each episode kind of explores a story in one of those branches sometime after that point where it diverges away from the sacred timeline. He also said, obviously, we're telling a story on a giant multiversal canvas, so you never really know who's going to pop up where and when. It's very much an anthology, but there's always opportunity for fun connections to be made. I don't want to go into spoiler territory, but there was a particular concept that we were excited about in the first season that allowed us to think about the multiverse with a new lens and potentially offer us some connectivity between episodes. So he's simultaneously saying, yes, there are anthologies, but also there's connectivity. I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see. Also, in terms of the what if announcement timeline. So they actually announced what if for the first time at Disney Investor Day in April of 2019, which is the first time they were doing the Disney Plus sort of investor information. And Kevin Feige there announced that there was going to be an animated series and that each episode would be exploring key moments from the MCU. And then later that month on April 26th of 2019, Endgame came out which is where my sort of memory of like, uh, you know, the spoilers, but the logical conclusion of a lot of these characters has happened. How are we going to hear from them again? And lo and behold, that takes us to July of 2019 at San Diego Comic-Con, where they announced that, hey, all of these people, uh, all of these, you know, actors are going to be voicing characters in What If, even though, as I said, you know, some of them wouldn't have had a reason to necessarily before that. And then later that summer was D23, where Jackie and Matt saw more information on it. But that's the timeline of the announcements. And then finally, in terms of stories that uh, explored the exact same moments from different perspectives, both Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey, those authors did write books from the male perspectives of those. The first books in their series were from the female perspective, and then they just went over the exact same events, so different than what if, from the male protagonists in them. It just feels a little recycled, but okay, you know, to each their own. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.